We are the Man in the Cannon podcast, and we are bringing you the CBJ forecast. You never know what we're talking about, but we're the best fucking podcast around. The CBJ news and unprofessional views will certainly satisfy your Blue Jackets podcast fix. Yeah! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Man in the Cannon podcast, the long-awaited return of the boys, Mr. Locon. What's up, everybody? Glad to be back. It's been a little bit, right? Feels like it. How, how long has it been? It's Two been a weeks? long time. People don't even know that voice. We got Frank. What's up, everybody? Glad to be back. Tour. Morning, gentlemen. Always in the den. That's right. Let's get it, boys. We're here. <laughs> lives in the den. Almost. Basically lives here. Lives in the den. Like the rest of us, we're uh, looking to get back into the pod. Talk some CBJ news. First things first, Mr. Locon. First things first, if I'm a Jackets fan, what do I want to talk about this morning? Because it is a bright, beautiful Sunday morning. Uh, I'm trying to think about what we want to talk about, but I'm over here like reading Don't Kill Myself books. So self-help you guys is what he tell means. me what we chicken talk soup about. for the soul. <laughs> should we talk about how bad line a sucks? Should we talk about how bad Wierenski sucks? Should we talk about how bad Elvis has been sucking? Should we talk about, okay, let's move on. Yeah. The, the Crosby we, hat trick. God yeah. fucking kill me. Yeah. We could just put a bow on all of it and just say we suck. Let's yeah, talk about, let's blanket. talk about that Calgary game first. Start there. Right. Huh? Six, six, there, yeah. six, nothing. Okay. Uh, with, a record for the Calgary Flames franchise. I'm. Su- it might even be an NHL record. I'm not completely sure of that. But what did they have? Like 62. 65 shots. 62 shots yeah. on goal. Which would mean they had to have had like 80 or 90 shot attempts. It was That's crazy. Just, I think it was like 30 in the first period. It was oh, like yeah. 30 Elvis, to 6 Elvis had like, like what, 60 saves or something or 56 saves. Had like a .92 save percentage. Yeah. <laughs> but still gives up six goals. Yeah. I'm just talking like, to me, that was that was the problem. And what has been so evident with this team on certain occasions is they literally act like they don't even care. Or like they don't want to actually be playing. It was never more apparent to me in that game than with Zach Wierenski. Who... I mean, the guy's, the guy's just signed a big deal. He's a $9 million guy. He's supposed to be one of our best players. He's going to the All-Star game. And he just lets the guys walk him down the lane and just go right around him for multiple goals. And he's not, he's not trying to move the puck on the power play that well anymore. He's not taking good shots. His shot's not getting through on the power play. He even, like, publicly apologized, like, after the game, but... Lionel's performance in that game. It's just every everything came together in that game to just remind me that we're nowhere close. We are nowhere near where we need to be. But that I I, I want to also take a second to cuz I also started to kind of remind myself that this is kind of expected. You yeah. you had kind of mentioned this in our group chat the other day tour like we're not supposed to be good, right? right yeah, I need I need to remind myself yeah. of that yeah, every once is, in a while before yeah. I like go blow my head off. Yeah, legs. back yourself off the cliff. We talked about it in the early season pods. We talk about it in the group chat. We had no intentions of being a even a playoff team this year, mm-hmm. let alone a Stanley Cup contender. I think what Mister Locom was trying to allude to is that he understands that we can be bad, but 
let's put a little effort towards it. Like being blasted six nothing is literally just effort. Giving up sixty five shots on goal is an effort thing. That's it's what, not that's the problem. That we, was the, the problem. It's NH. We're talking about NHL. That's a record. That means you are historically bad. You were the other team in that in that case. Because that's what I mean. Is like I think I've seen close to six nothing games before. You know, if a goalie has a bad night or the defense has a bad night, on like you know thirty five, maybe thirty six shots. But yeah, usually you see two goals. Do, yeah. Usually you see two goalies yeah. in a game like that. But he was doing good. You know, it's just you know what what was somebody else going to do in yeah, that no, situation? I mean, just get blasted by pucks. That might have been the best goalie performance in a six nothing game. I mean, it right. I mean, yeah. it easily could have been ten to twelve enough. Like twelve. Oh, nothing. yeah, easily. And that's what I mean is like that. That's already happened here recently too. Where did they go and they got a niner put up on them? Just uh, a few Florida. weeks ago, they went to Florida, and it was what, like nine to two. Yeah, and and the uh, crowd's chanting, like, yeah. albeit very quietly, probably, but uh, <laughs> the crowd was chanting, "We want 10. Yeah, Wierenski says after the game how embarrassing that is, and then he goes and fucking lets this bullshit happen. What I, I one of the things I, I saw some people tweeting about was like how the mentality that we used to have. Now we've 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 discussed John Tortorella many times on this show, right? But and how he may not have been the best coach for the Jackets at this time. And now looking back at some of the things that, uh, like, Tortorella instill or some of the issues with Tortorella are quite evident to me now, mm -hmm. especially with players like Anthony Duclair, uh, Alex Winberg, um, the fuck? Sonny. Uh, Sonny Milano. Yeah, Milano. Yes, thank you. Sonny one, Milano. Yeah. That was the one I was thinking of. Yes, Sonny Milano. Even William, William Carlson. But... I don't think we would have seen the performance that we saw against Calgary with John Tortorella behind the bench. It's, it's, arguable, it's, it's, it's give, arguable. It's give and take. It's give it, and take on that. I there like, needs to be a little bit of discipline in there that he instilled in this team of effort-wise. And what's Brad doing with that? He I, he's he grasped onto – it looks like none of that aspect of it. And I was hoping he was just going to take a little bit of that because a little bit goes a long way. With NHL players, mm -hmm. you know, they still have to play discipline. They still have to, you know, play hard and stuff like that. And if they're not getting it done, maybe it is time to some sometimes bench them. Like yeah. mid game, uh, I don't, I don't ever agree with that. But like, hey man, you're taking the you're taking the night off tonight. Yeah, you're yeah. T you, we're just gonna we're gonna play somebody else. Take the night off, rest your legs. You know, is it a it's it's a benching, but it's a it's a you know. They're still on your team, mm -hmm. you know, and you gotta you gotta keep the positivity up. You gotta you gotta have a coaching aspect. Tortorella just pull you in the middle of the game right. and have you pissed off, right. and then how yeah. you, how and good how good does that fuck themselves after the game? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it that you know a little bit goes a long way with that kind of stuff. And yeah. when somebody's sucking and they know they're because they're professional players, they know they suck, and they got money on the yeah, line in this, this stuff their on their career. performance. Yeah. They don't need to be benched in the middle of the game, but you know Brad needs to take control of this, and Zach needs I, to get yeah. Zach maybe needs to sit out a game, mm -hmm. maybe, I, and you don't just let somebody else do it. You know, Andrew Peake comes up and and gets a play instead of him. Yeah. You know, I I feel like that's where this was this was going. You you brought a good uh, up a good point, um, and it made me think throughout the this you know the beginning and even into the middle of this season. Warensky, he's been playing Warensky like thirty minutes a game. You know, he's he's been playing way more than normal and probably more than 
a lot of other defensemen in the NHL have been playing. And I think Warinsky even commented on it after that Calgary game about how he thinks he's playing too much. And it made me think, you know, maybe maybe they need to back off a little bit and let other guys kind of take the reins and maybe let Warensky take a little bit more, catch his breath a little bit more on the bench. Yeah. And that's I mean, actually one thing we saw happen in the Rangers game. And Warensky, you know, everybody kind of played a little bit better, much more organized, uh, especially coming out of our own zone. But, you know, letting Warensky backing off or backing off a little bit on the Warensky minutes, I think is something that might – uh, and has been helping this team here, especially just recently in this Rangers game. Yeah, you know, I think it's uh, that's a great point. And, uh, I mean, because when you think about Rorensky as a defenseman, right, I mean, he's an aggressive defenseman, so he's not really just staying back. He's trying to bring the puck all the way down in the offensive zone. And, obviously, you know, he's out there most of our power, power plays and penalty kills, so kind of, you know, resting his legs a little bit, um, it, I think, is a smart thing to do. I do want to touch on... Um, obviously the Calgary game, I mean, it was a shitty performance all around. Um, you know, we're talking about maybe we do benching and things like that, but let's not forget. And usually it's kind of the opposite side of the spectrum, especially on a back to back. They look night and day. I mean, we play the Rangers come to town. They're the top team in the Metro. We play them the next night. We look like a completely different team. That's what I was saying when I, when we first got in the den this morning, I was talking with Hooch and I said, I just don't understand this team. You know, it's like maybe maybe something was going on with in that Calgary game. I don't know. Maybe guys just weren't ready to go, but they looked ready to go the next night mm-hmm. on a back to back even, you know, where it's even more challenging, I think, to kind of get ready against a hot Rangers team against a team that was had been sitting there kind of waiting for you. And, you know, you got one of the best, if not one of the top lines in the NHL coming in there. And we actually and. Another thing was they had Corpusalo in that, and consistently this team has shown, for whatever reason, that they don't really have Corpy's back a lot of the time, and they don't give him a lot of support. Mm-hmm. But they did the other night. They gave him they gave him a five spot, and you know they ended up winning what five two, five three, five three. But I mean, let's not forget too. We're down. I mean, we're down two nothing in the first five minutes. Yep quick and it's the first goal was a bad one too corpy lets in one and it wasn't that good of a goal probably should have had it the second one was arguable it like bounced off a dude's skate and kind of went in but the first one it's tough to recover from something like that and i think he did recover very well he ended up playing pretty well that game yeah Um, Uh, and uh you know there's a point during that game that i mean the whole momentum shifted um there was an unbelievable, I mean, in my mind, a top 10 sports center moment, an unbelievable save by Corpus Allo. Mm-hmm. Um, the net is wide open, and he, I mean, he does one of his acrobatic dives all the way across and I think pokes it with a stick. Yeah. I mean, and after that moment, you know, the team really rallied behind it. It was almost like, okay, let's, you know, let's play for this guy again. And it was, it was nice to see, but to your point, and I mean, I think we say this year in and year out is we don't really have like a, you know, there's there's no really definition or, or a an term. identity. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Yeah, an identity with this team, and We've I mean, been I know lacking that, we're that still for trying years. To, yeah, lack of identity is what we should be saying. But I mean, it's still a young team, and you know, Tortorella, we kind of had more of the identity, or at least we knew the identity that uh, he wanted the team to play, right? But we're still trying to find our way, and I, it, it's hard to really define or kind of you know when the season ends. It's like 
Where know, do we go? You know, where, where do we, we try? Go? What kind and of a team like, are we going to try to build? A, yeah, is this a positive year, a negative year, or just like a wash year? It's it's really hard to see at this time. I'm having. I feel like this team at the moment is comprised of just a bunch of kind of like individual players. I don't feel like anybody's consistently playing well together. For some, I just can't understand how, like, where Patrick Laine fits on this team. I mean, he's been playing better as of late, but he needs to. He's a goal scorer, and he's not scoring goals. So it's like he. We have this used to be this mega superstar on our squad, and now he's he's fallen off the face of a cliff. Same thing with kind of like Max Domi. Like, where does Max Domi fit in on this team? It's kind of like just a hodgepodge of random players at the moment, and there's not a lot of hardcore chemistry that I'm seeing. Well, and I don't think – I mean, and from the looks of it, Brad Larson isn't really helping much in that instance. We talked about it the other night on the power play. I mean, they're, they're mixing up line A, putting him on the wrong side, Voracek on the other side. I mean – that is one thing I've noticed that just didn't make sense to me at all. The power plays has been relatively struggling as of late. It yeah. looked pretty good at the beginning of the season, but recently it's, again, fallen off a cliff. Right. But So what was their idea? What was their strategy to kind of fix that? They ended up switching Voracek and Line. Voracek, a left-handed shot on the left side with Line, a right-handed shot on the right side. And that, I mean, that could it work? Sure. But, like, that's not... That's not the optimal response. Right. You're, you're putting guys in positions where it's going to be harder for them to take shots, especially on a good angle. And Line A's got that one-timer. We have, you have, why not Mathematically, try Mathematically, it doesn't make sense. No. And why not try to, instead of switching guys around, why not try to figure out a way to get Line A more open shots? Yeah. Pull the defense towards somebody else. I mean, clearly other teams know how to do it you look at Ovechkin on the power yeah. play you look at other he's been guys doing it for like, years yeah. I mean look at his look at his goals and stays there yeah. yeah look at that goal in the the left circle where he just sits there yeah. like and he does it every team knows he's going to do it and he still does it and he still scores and I think line a could be at least half that good we and saw, that's good because yeah. we saw it the other <laughs> and that's day. really yeah. good we saw it one game finally he had a clapper from the left circle and it fucking almost put a hole through the back of the net yeah and, I mean, that's what we need to see on this power play. Consistently throw him the puck and let him fucking hit it as hard as he fucking can at the net. If it if it gets – if the goalie saves it, he's not controlling that rebound very well. And then you got Jenner in front of the net right in his office where he's going to be able to tap yeah, it in tap for a in rebound. and poke a couple in. And, and do just, his thing. Yeah. Or get deflections. They need to get line A more shots on the that's fucking power play. That's why he's paid in the oh, NHL. Yeah, exactly. It is one of the best shots in the NHL, and he's not, you know. And they're not utilizing yeah. it. Yeah. Let's circle back to that Calgary game real quick, because, Tour, you brought up that that was the f the fun dip game, correct? Yeah. Everybody who came through the door got a bag of fun dip. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, let's I, – I like fun dip. I liked fun dip when I was a kid, right? It's good. It's tasty. I mean, it's kind of been a fun little gave you thing. A, gave you, like, a, a job, a duty. Like, yeah. you could go into the different flavor aspects and, <laughs> yeah. and figure out which one you like better. I always relate. For some reason, I think of Fun Dip with, like, baseball. When I was, like, in Little League, you'd get Fun Dip after a, a Little League game. Oh, or yeah. Some Big League Pony chew. League game. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> or sitting in the dugout eating Fun Dip. Yep. But it was kind of a fun thing at the beginning of the season, right? We were actually, for some weird reason, playing rather well. And somebody mentioned fun. I don't know. But it's turned into this 
big whole ordeal. Yeah, but that, that even the organization itself obviously is taking over it, and I, I hate it. I, it's it's over. Okay, the the fun dip saga has come to a close. It is the not fun dip game, Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> it might as well six nothing. I hope. Yeah, no I, more fun yeah. dip. Please. I hope that that is the nail in the fun dip coffin. Yeah. because I'm tired of seeing it. I've muted it on Twitter now. There's I, been I'm fun so dip drinks and fun dip. Jerseys. I, I mean, maybe there's no fun dip in Canada, and we, you know Calgary was just ecstatic to finally I, I try some fun. Yes, I don't know what happened, but bring back big league chew and make yeah. it like a hockey yeah, let's thing. Let's turn it into big league chew day. <laughs> there we, hey, I'll take that. <laughs> take some big league dip. chew. So, right. so the Rangers come to town. Let's talk real quick about because I was curious. I wasn't at this game, but Frank, you were at the game. Frank, mm-hmm. Frank what was, was at the game. Like, what was it like getting to see Breadman back on the ice again? You know, um. And I'm cu- I'm curious, did you boo Artemi Panarin? And tell d- me tell me why or why you did not. I did boo uh, Breadman, as we like to call him. It was kind of I was I was lucky enough to actually be sitting on the glass for this game. Um, you know, the atmosphere overall. Um, it it was interesting. the The stadium could have been uh, you know more packed. Uh, I do have to say, at the same time, right across the street, there was a big USA hockey or sorry USA. Soccer, soccer game, game yeah. going on. Ah, damn. So, I mean, it was buzzing around the arena district, but there was a lot more buzz for the soccer. Right. Um, there's, I mean, there were a ton of Rangers fans. I don't know if you watched the what got to watch <laughs> the game. Don't but tell Mr. Locon that. Um, there's no, another hey, self help. There's another self help book. But hey, no, it was fun to you know lay it to them actually. But yeah, going sure. back, going back to your original point, I. Uh, I definitely booed Breadman. Um, <laughs> how did you How did you feel? How did you feel doing that? Mr. Locon got a little too excited there. How did you feel? Um, Tell me why. Did you feel Did you feel like? Because uh, I've thought about I this did, a lot. So uh, look, um, he's a hell of a player, and he did some great stuff for us in the organization. That's but you fun. and I have talked mul- on a multiple occasions. Once the talks were floating around, and he openly was like, "Get me the fuck out of Columbus." The team just that's that was the end of our team for yeah. yep and this that's why we are where we are today he sabotaged us ex- that's exactly correct that we tried i don't know for sure i'm not yarmo line and i don't know exactly we had a what billboard happened for the guy we we're like free vodka, free for, vodka life. for the rest of your life yeah and they offered him late late in that uh negotiation series before the opening of free agency it was rumored that the jackets offered him a contract that would have made him the highest paid player in the NHL, making him more than Connor McDavid. He took less money to go to New York. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's where I was going as because I've thought a lot about, do I boo Artemi Panarin? Do I not boo Artemi Panarin? Because in my mind, it's arguable. You could argue, in my opinion, that he was the most talented and probably the best hockey player the Columbus Blue Jackets have ever had on the ice. Woo! You, know, you 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 could you know a lot of people Woo-hoo. are gonna be like whoa uh, well, what about Rick Nash you know what about Sergei Bobrovsky what about some of these other guys who have been doing it for a lot who did it for a lot longer or did it for a lot longer in a Blue Jackets jersey and that's those are valid points don't get me wrong but my argument was I watched you know you, you we got to watch him play consistently every night for like two year what two or three years three, yeah three years and he was. The most amazing player I have ever seen play hockey. Yeah. In my in my you know 
short time of being a Columbus Blue Jackets fan because we've only been around for what like twenty years. Mm-hmm. Really been he watching the Jackets easy. for about ten to fifteen years. He just had the puck on a on a string, dude. He he could just move it wherever he wanted to. He, he fit in that team. It was structured so perfectly. He fit in so well. We were winning. You know, we had an excellent team going. We had a chance to really build off of a off of a season where we did something that nobody had ever done before, sweeping Tampa Bay that year. And he decided to leave when he he could have stayed. Quite quite honestly, could have and decide and would have you know kept wanting to clear wasn't move about the, the jackets money. in a blue in a in a different fashion. And he left. And for that reason, I would 100% of the time, I will boo Artemi Panarin at the top of my lungs. Because he looked at you, he looked at me, and he looked at you, and he looked at you, and he said, you guys aren't good enough for me. I'm, I want to go to New York City. Mm-hmm. And so, that's fine. Good riddance. Because I, I got something to say about Artemi Panarin. I only got to see him for about a year, year and a half when I was actually like getting into hockey. He... What a talented player. Made it look easy, like you were saying. You know, uh, mm. kind of, you know, almost, and a lot of the time, just played under his ability because he knew how good he was, mm-hmm. I think so. Because he could take over a game, and we needed him to a lot of times, and he didn't do it. You know, he was very streaky. And then he would come back the next game, and he'd, he'd just blow it out of the water. And I loved his talent, but, like, how good is New York? Is is New York that good? They've got a really good line with him and Zimbabad. Um They're good this year. They're, yeah, they're playing pretty well. They're playing pretty well. But like how long's it taken now? You know, they, he played there last year. They were I think this is less his than third desirable. year there. Yeah, third year I'd say. And they've been they have a good goaltender now. Um Yeah, they finally found I, I a think decent like, goaltender. You know, we talk about his and uh, you know, when I there is plenty of other people that I'd rather have than him. Yeah, I, I could, I I could just say I, that. It, I, as, I, I disagree in the, in yeah. the sense on, of that team, the way that that team was. Yes, okay, maybe. But, yeah, obviously him on that squad, I mean, he just elevated us to a different With level. With, like, but I think, him, Pierre-Luc, and Cam Atkinson, yeah. like that, that squad, that line, that, that team was – the chemistry was unmatched. Like, you just – I never saw that was – but Probably the best too. team we ever had. I mean, had. Cam Atkinson honestly should be thanking Artemi Panarin because mm-hmm. he's the reason he got all of this bunch of money. And that's to my point that I just wanted to make was it's not only the talent that he personally had, Breadman, but he lifted, he made everyone 100%. else on the ice look so much better. Absolutely. And that's why yeah. it's really set. I mean, it still obviously <laughs> hurts us deeply today. <laughs> so, what the hell with him? But, but hey, we beat we, their ass. But we hey, beat him. But he had a goal. Yeah, first goal. First goal. Yeah. He just comes right in the middle of the ice and throws it under the blocker. And that's what I, that was that first goal I think Corpusalo should have had. But that's all right. We know he's a good player. We'll let him have a, a, a little one every now and then. Let's move on. Because I, I want to talk another one. Uh, let's get on a positive note here so I don't want to <laughs> fucking kill myself. Let's talk about how well Jenner's kind of been playing recently. Dude's got 18 goals right now. I was hoping he was going to get a Hattie uh, on yeah, Thursday. I was too. I was rooting for that empty net goal, but he they they didn't let him get the, or he wasn't the one who got the empty net goal. But I mean, eighteen goals, um, and he, we've seen this from Jenner in the past. You know, this is why I'm kind of excited to see the return of Boone Jenner. Um, that captaincy, he's been representing the team very well. 
He's getting a lot of goals the Boone Jenner way, you know, right in front of the net, those nitty-gritty, hard-working puck type of goals. So uh, I don't know. I'm just really happy to see Jenner back getting his uh, getting his, mo- his mojo back. But I'm glad Jenner's been playing well. He's got that C on his logo now. You know, he might be feeling a little bit more responsibility to kind of lead this team in a positive way. Mm-hmm. But you did mention what Hooch that he's like still a he's like a minus eight, yeah. something. Yeah. Which yep, yep, I mean, yep, yep. overall, that's kind of like leading point score is is minus eight, and that just shows like what kind of year this has kind of been. But he's still been the bright spot, I would say. Yeah. And it's kind of nice moving forward that maybe, you know, as Cole Sillinger kind of uh, evolves into himself, as, as we get Kent Johnson here and, you know, we see what we do with these next first-round picks that we kind of have, maybe we can start to build something a little bit more consistent with him leading the top that top center role, which is kind of nice. So Exciting. good to see him. Quick story about Jenner. So <clears throat> let's touch on a little, little personal story I got with Boone Jenner. Kind of cool. Actually, I have a couple. Uh, one time they were out west uh, playing like Arizona or somebody, so the game was on late, and he was on the IR and didn't make the trip. And I sat down at Forno at the bar by myself one night to order a pizza and kind of watch the game, and somebody sat down beside me, and I wasn't really thinking about it much, but then I ended up looking right <laughs> beside me, and it was fucking Boone Jenner sitting right beside me. <laughs> and we, walked, we both were watching the game, and I was like, oh, shit. Did this... you share your pizza? No, but I did ask for his autograph, and he, he autographed my napkin. Uh, nice. <laughs> I, I, awesome. I don't know what I did with that, actually. but oh, <laughs> What the fuck? I got a picture of it, of the autograph on the napkin. Oh, cool, so man. It yeah. <laughs> could be NFT. anybody. NFT. Definitely. <laughs> That's what I should do. A non-fungible token. Next story I got is even better, I think. So me and my buddy Scott were at the pint house one morning on a Sunday morning, drinking some Bloody Marys in the morning, hanging out, watching something in the middle of the summer. So it was the off season. And like, this was a while ago now because of the the players I'm going to name, but like (laughs) Jenner, uh, Dalton Prout, Josh Anderson, and like somebody else. All those guys walked into the pie house. And I was like, oh. I turned to Scott. I was like, dude, Scott, that's like Boone Jenner, Dalton Prout, Josh Anderson. Let's buy him a round of shots and then, like, go over there and, you know, take shots with those guys. And Scott's like, yeah, yeah, that'll be sweet. So we bought a round of, I, f- I think they were screwdrivers, you know, because we're a bunch of pussies. And well, it's some morning. It's some morning. Yeah. Could have been those morning. are man yeah, moses. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But we bought like 10 screwdrivers and we were going to go over there and well, we did, we go over there, but it took a little while to order them and get them because it was a busy morning. <laughs> Don't tell me they so left we got before. Them. <laughs> so we got this rat, we got this tray. They gave them to me on a tray of 10 screwdriver shots and I pick up the tray and I'm, st- I get up to walk over there and they were gone. They had left. <laughs> so me and Scott have 10 screwdrivers <laughs> in front of us and we're like, what are we going to fucking do with these? And. We shot them all, and, yes. I, and I ended up puking later that afternoon. So that's one hundred percent. Little puking rally, little little puking rally on the Lord's Day. <laughs> I can just picture you with the tray, boys. I got some shots. Oh, oh, oh boys, what do we do with no. what do we they do with going. ten screwdrivers? <laughs> yeah. Actually, well, you, well, you fix something. You fix. You fix your sobriety. Yep. I got another. I have a bunch of Jenner stories now. Actually, so another time, me and my buddy Jay were at the Three-Legged Mare after a game one time. And, yeah, I miss that bar very much. And 
we started drinking and kind of dancing Let's buy with the these, three-legged mare. Dude, what a inter- amazing business opportunity that would be. I don't understand. I just don't understand. At least it. you and I drink far too much to own our own bar. We would lose our ass so hard. <laughs> That's why you're not involved in it. It's just based because <laughs> if it's just based you on in me, this venture. I'm I'm six and done. So I mean, I'm not throwing us into negatives. Mr. Locon also not involved with the business. <laughs> I don't drink. I'll anymore. buy the bar, but you guys no. can come drink and go. keep me in business. As long as there's bush lattes on tap. I'll give you discount on it. All right, deal. Deal. Me hey, and Jay yeah, you got to grab Tour's beer from the 30-pack in the yeah, back. Yeah, he's just sitting on the floor in the cooler back here. <laughs> grab one from that pack. Oh, uh, no. But, we hey, started drinking with, bar, these, uh, with these, el- not old elderly, but they were older women. We were, like, kind of dancing and hanging <laughs> out. With they were. They were <laughs> these stores are getting better and better. Don't stick around. They're cougars. They were cougars, and they were from uh, Ontario, Canada. Cougar Town. And we were like hanging out and kind of having a good time. And we were just kind of vibing. And then we got to talking. We're like, why are you guys down here uh, in Columbus for the game? She's like, oh, my son plays for the Columbus Blue Jackets. And I was like, no fucking way. (laughs) Who's your son? She's like, Boone Jenner. I was like, you're Boone Jenner's mom? She's like, yeah. And so me and Jay met, uh, I think her name is Terry, Terry Jenner. And his, his, her sister, Jenner's Boone's aunt. And we danced and partied with them all night. And then about, you know, probably about 11.30 or midnight, Jenner joined the, the group. And we all kind of, like, partied and drank and sang and listened to a bunch of music Long together. Long story short, Boone's got a little brother now. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it was my buddy Jay who was way into Terry. That was kind of funny. Oh, I'm not surprised. Like, yeah, I hope Jay shocker. listens to the pod. Jay, I'm going to get you to listen to this episode. Is the title of this podcast the Boone Jenner story I guess, time? Yeah, I guess so. It just is so re- weird that like I just have these run-ins with Boone Jenner, cause they're, and those are all you 100% are true stories. Meant to be together. Yep. You guys are both Blue Jackets full and full. Linked together by the universe. All right, so let's get into the mid-season report because we're about midway through. Um, you know, we, we kind of know, uh, you know, what the dealio is for the rest of the year. So what do we got on the docket? We got the trade. We got the, uh, the trade deadline coming up. We got the uh, all-star game coming up. Um, a lot of the mid-season stuff. So w- where do you think we stand, especially on the trade deadline? Because, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're really one of two things. You're buyers, you're sellers. Mm-hmm. Um I don't there's no there's no way that we're buyers at the moment. Correct. We're not going to try to make a push for you know any sort of playoff run. The gap between us and just the next place team in the Metro, the the Capitals is I think insurmountable at this point in time. You know, they're 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 like 10 or like, like yeah, 10 like or 10, 12 points. 10 game. Oh yeah, like yeah. I was going to say games, but yeah. What are let's take I just real yeah, quick what, let me take a look. To... The standings we are at we're at, uh, yeah, 39 points, and they are at 57, the Capitals. So, yeah, like, what, 18, 18 points? It's like nine games. So, yeah, it's I don't see that. I don't see it. I don't see us closing that gap. So, to answer your question, yes, I see us as being sellers. We're not again, consistent enough to get to reel off that many games in a row that would – because we just – we have a good game, and then we have the worst game in yeah, the history put, of the NHL. We can't put a streak together at all. We can't. No, and like that's what I that's what I mean is like I was just saying how we kind of played really well against the Rangers, 
And so, like, I'm th- Frank's like coming in here. He's like, okay, let's not act like we're gonna turn this season around. Like, let's not, because yeah, that's what I normally tend to do after a win. I get excited, and I'm like, the Jackets are the best team in the world. Yeah. All right. But then so- I was just saying, I'm like, we might go up to Montreal tonight and look like a rookie squad. So, yeah, we so could. we're sellers. We definitely are sellers. So we have our boy. We have Yarmo, mm-hmm. who we always trust in. What's it going to take for him to get his boy from the same country that he was from away from the roster? Because that's going to be the biggest selling point this offseason, I see. We have already talked about him. Patrick Line is definitely on the block. 100%. Problem with it is, is I think it's tricky because he doesn't have a long-term He's not under contract for, like, multiple seasons at the moment. So a team would be renting him with the hopes of and signing him. And, and that's fine because he's mm-hmm. going to be the next Taylor Hall, basically. He's, he that's is a great, great po- possible point. It, it could be something like that. You know, Taylor Hall comes off, you know, uh, being the best player in the NHL, having a couple injuries, uh, not playing that well when he came back. New Jersey sucked. Boom, he, he's a rental for one team, and now he ends up as a rental for Boston, playing on the second line, but still playing well. Right, like they, they get him at that deadline and make a great run for the Cup, and he found himself a nice little home in Boston where he's able to thrive because he doesn't have to be the guy. The guy, yeah. And I think that's a situation that would be perfect for Lime. You know, team, I, you know teams like Edmonton, I, I say Edmonton all the time, but like, Edmonton seems to be like a team right now, especially since they're struggling and having trouble scoring goals. Well, on on a lot of nights more than more than not here recently, Edmonton comes to mind, but definitely on the block for Line A. The problem the problem also with it is though is since he, well, I guess we could argue as we get closer to the deadline, but I'm curious to see what Yarmo could get for a guy like that. Because of his contract situation, it might be difficult to get. I think it's easy. Much more for him. I that, think it's. I think it's a little bit be. easier. I think it's a little bit easier. I think, um, you know, a lot of these teams are kind of cap stricken on stuff like that, and it's nice to just have a rental, knowing that, you know, hey, maybe you just have a window. Maybe you are. Maybe you are that. Uh, that Florida, maybe you're that Carolina. That you're like, all right, we're playing really well, but we're gonna have a lot of guys that are gonna be asking for a whole lot more money let's let's build up for this year let's build up for this this run um and maybe we're still we're maybe we're we already scoring goals but we just want to score more goals we want to make it we want to put our stamp on it like this is our best team this is our best outlook i was Um, just looking at some of the squads in the west uh just because i go through the some of the list of teams in the east like uh let's carolina Pittsburgh. We're not, we're not. We're not. We're not trading. Interleague is just. You're just going to ask way too much because you, you know we're going to have to play you and go through that, and it's just. Yeah. Well, I've, I feel like those teams don't have a whole lot of. They don't have trouble room. scoring goals, yeah. and they're 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 rolling right now. I don't see them needing or thinking they need to grab a guy like Patrick Line at the deadline. But as see, I, I, move I think that's into, a bad mindset. That's a bad mindset. You can always score more goals. Yeah, but you if you don't need to give up. Like but your you, assets, but to you get do him. because you're you're still fighting against the other team. Like so, like you could, like Florida and like Carol, like Florida and Carolina, like they're pretty evenly matched right now. They're pretty good. Um, you know what brings them better? Maybe it is a Patrick Line. 
It could be. I just I don't, I don't see, see it the, the spot for him on that squad because we, of their top lines already performing so well. Like with Huberto and Barkov and those guys, like Line A would go in probably on their like third line, third or maybe their second. Carolina's having no trouble scoring goals. They're That's at a good, plus though. 48. That's good. That's true. But I, where I'm going at is like I look at a team like Nashville sitting at second in the Western Conference at the moment. They're not – when you think Nashville, you don't think profound goal scoring. But they so are like scoring the, goals this year. They are, but they're only they're only a plus seventeen in their differential compared to because they're competing in Nashville. <laughs> they they are defensively stout. Yeah, and they're competing with like you know St. Louis and Colorado and Minnesota in order to get out of that Western Conference. I think they may need to score a lot more goals. So Nashville may be an interesting possible you know thought process or, or uh, you know a place like uh, Nashville is somewhere I can maybe see Patrick Line going. What you if, also uh, look at what what about Vegas little. Carlson for a line, get Carlson back. Ooh, that's. I feel like that's kind interesting. of a fair trade, huh? That's the other thing is we're completely looking at this without looking at anybody, uh, any of the numbers. Yeah, this is just hypothetical. So, hypothetically speaking, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I would want William Carlson back at this particular moment. He's having a bad year, but we know he's, and he's getting older. He's getting older. He's not really. He, I don't think if that's something we would want to trade for, for Patrick Line. I think we're looking for. Yo. Either young talent or picks at this particular point, but I, you know, who knows? Could be wrong. When, Mr. Lokon, when is is it end of February? Is that when the trade deadline is? It's I know it's. I don't know. It's Let's, coming up here soon. Yeah, but okay. I mean, like being sellers on the Patrick Line, Monday, we have to, March twenty first. Oh, so we still have some time. Yeah, we do. Got a couple months actually. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty late actually in the season. Um, yeah. Anyway, but, but. Anaheim, in another interesting. Uh, team los angeles the los angeles kings trying to compete with calgary and vegas and uh you know they're in order to come out of the west they might need to score some more goals so there's per there's definitely some teams who i think would show some interest in line a and i think yarmo knows he can he can he can fight them against each other because i think that's that's one of the pieces at the deadline that you know people are really going to be looking at maybe another guy uh new jersey blake coleman right is that Mm -hmm. his name yeah been playing well this year, or maybe they're def- – I don't know. I can't think of his name, but I was like, damn, he's been – Dougie Hamilton? Dougie Hamilton, that's his name. I'm sorry. Dougie Hamilton's been just playing out of his ass mm-hmm. for a team that sucks balls. But I think those two guys, are, I think, are like two top pieces. And you can – and Yarmo's just good enough. He is just that he's, – he's that guy that will pin these teams against each other and get the most that he can get out of it. And I love that about him. It just needs to be right, you know. We need to get an Artemi Panarin from Chicago, something like that, you know, mm-hmm. for this guy. Somebody that maybe just hasn't had his chance but can come to Columbus and, you know, step it up for us. That leads me into the some of the rumors of an, an actual guy that uh, reportedly the Jackets have been interested in. Um, take, take a second here. I don't know if you got some time. Look up some stats on Jacob Chikrin. For the, for the Arizona Coyotes. Let's look at his stats from like the past like four or five years. But anyway, Jacob Chikrin, young, big, uh, very talented defenseman. I remember I had him on my fantasy squad last year, and he had a hell of a year. I remember actually being like, damn, who is this guy? And he helped carry my team, you know, throughout that whole season. He had a fantastic year. And then now the Jackets are reportedly interested in him. And so it makes me think... 
man, this guy's a great young defensive talent, and that, Jesus Christ, that's what we fucking absolutely need. Yes. We need some more young, solid defensemen. Defensemen. Because when you look at, and you could argue Wierenski, Wierenski's having a challenging year, but again, that's kind of expected, as we've said. But once you get past him and Boquist, and uh, I got, I'll throw Andrew Peak in there, those three guys have been playing relatively well. Gavrikov's been, uh, you know, playing okay, I suppose. But you get you get into like Jake Bean and uh, who's the, the Kukin, and then some of the other guys that they've had to roll in, uh, Bayreuther and Jake Christensen, and you know Scott Harrington's been in the lineup a little bit. We really need to to solidify some more high end talent on that blue line. And reportedly, the Jackets are interested in Chikrin. And the rumor is, I read a tweet, um, the Jackets are in with two former first-round picks. That was one of the rumors I heard. They wouldn't name the players, plus one of the first-round picks that we have in the draft coming up for Jacob Chikrin. Now, that got me thinking, okay, who would those players? Who could those players potentially be? And I thought Liam Foodie and Gabriel Carlson – a big, strong, uh, young defenseman who's been in and out of the uh, lineup here recently this year, but only this year. We drafted him in the first round like six or seven years ago, and he hasn't cracked the NHL squad yet, but he's still got a lot of potential. That might be a good defensive return that Arizona might be interested in. And then Liam Foody, another first-round pick, who, who, again, just really hasn't had his consistent shot in the in our lineup yet maybe that might be something uh you know arizona might be interested in and then one of our first round picks so that leads me into thinking it could be something like carlson foodie and then another first round pick and i was like would i make that trade and not I, not for our first round pick because i think we're gonna suck so we're gonna get maybe a good draft pick but if we get somebody else's first round pick use their shitty first-round pick because they're probably going to a good team, use their shitty one at the end of the draft to get Chikrin. And Chikrin is a is is a defensive player at heart. Like, he is a defensive player, so that's what he does. You know, he... Yeah, which not we really a lot of have. I mean, Gavrikov, I guess you can argue. Gavrikov is the only one that the comes to mind, have, my yeah. mind at the moment. And he's prime. I mean, Arizona's... F- fucking bad and he's only got a minus 11 and that's really good for a defender that's spending the most time on ice on that whole entire team and they've had shitty defense and even worse goaltending for the past like five years yes and and so it is he had a lot of points last year relatively yeah he's just not off to it this year i think he missed some games with injury whatever it may be he's he's second on the team in uh in blocks um, and that's playing 14 less games. So, I mean. Could have used him against Calgary. Would have been nice. <laughs> to block some of those. Could have used a lot of guys. <laughs> Could have used every <laughs> defender on the planet yeah, against Calgary. Honestly, and guy. and he is a guy that you can definitely pair with an offensive defender, you know, and we've had those before. We have it right now. Warnski kind of sucks. Um, it's nice to have a defender that plays defense mm-hmm. back with him. You know, that we can maybe get his offensive shot going to where he doesn't actually have to play both sides of the ice because a lot of teams, let's be real here, they're more offensive-minded. So they do have, you know, they really play two defenders, but one of them is an offensive guy. Yeah, I mean, if if most of our games were going to be in our own zone defending, we need some, quote-unquote, actual defenders. Well, as, even as if the plan is, you know, the plan is to be, 
to get better and move forward and so that we don't always have to spend time in our as much time in our own zone having that solid defenseman you know i think i don't want to compare him to david savard but a defensive minded defense i mean i go back to when uh, you know we had cole and savard i mm -hmm. mean yeah they're not the most skilled players but But it allows you to have other offensive defensemen to focus on like he said you maybe you pair him with orensky or you put him with boquist guys who are more offensive minded it allows them to play a little bit more free maybe bring the puck up, take some more chances. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're able to pinch a little bit more to try to keep the puck in a, in the offensive zone because if they get beat, maybe Chikrin's still you know down the ice and he's able to fight off a, a breakaway or something like that. So, yeah, I, would I be interested in Jacob Chikrin? I think I am. I'm interested. I think the price is, is a little steep. He is 23 years old. Young oh, guy. That's great, too, you know, yeah. And I think he's got a great contract. It's interesting. I'm curious why he's even rumored to be on the trade block. Uh, Arizona drafted him, and they signed him to a great deal. Like, he's young. He's still developing. Um, but apparently, if we can if we can get him at uh, – give them some more kind of offensive young talent in Liam Foodie and maybe of, of another first-round pick, which I was going to mention, I think we have Chicago's first-round pick from that Seth Jones trade from last year, I, th- I think. Because at the moment, I, we have two, right? Two, Two yeah. first-round, one mm-hmm. ours, and then I think Chicago's. Chicago's. <laughs> which good, uh, which good, may good not year to have also Chicago's. be, yeah. <laughs> that is weird that we're in on getting other players when we're trying to be sellers, I think, at this at this point. But getting a young guy like, like that, like, we got to reload. We got to, re- and you got to reload midway through because those young guys will get, they'll get chomped up by these good teams. Um you know, and yeah. you'll just be on the outside looking in, and then your rebuild is that far behind. But when mm-hmm. you don't, when you don't go and grab a, a defender like him, twenty-three years old, just go for it. Especially with those late first-round picks. Especially like Chicago is going to be like what 15, 16, 17 probably in the draft this year. Chicago is sitting at they're seventh in their division. Um, yeah, they suck. Maybe not trade theirs either. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing is, yeah, you have to weigh. I mean, they, they have this all worked out. You know, those guys have their draft boards what already Chicago, pretty what is, much. What is Chicago going to do? They suck, too. They got a bunch of good players. The Cat, they got, you know. Oh, yeah. No, I, the, the thing they, is, they're, they're going to have to think about, I think they might be selling, too, at the deadline. You know, they may be looking to move Jonathan Taves. Maybe. I don't, I don't know how they would. Those two guys, him and Kane's contracts are still pretty how expensive. How many years do they have left? I though? think they still have a few years left. Yeah. And Taves has fallen off the face of planet Earth. Yeah. He's been sucking so much ass lately. They have like they have That's three really Their good gonna, guys. Their first and they just, pick is going to be valuable this year. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> so I don't know. I, if, I take that back. They just have three really good guys, and they just have done nothing with it. So, I mean, like. What do you do with them? I mean, obviously you got to move on because you you can finish next to last in your division without those guys. Yeah, and they were. I, was <laughs> I mean, even like reading, they were rumored <laughs> to be interested in uh, trading Mark Andre Fleury too. You know, selling him at the deadline to a team that may need a, a rental goalie, so to fall even further, right? Which exactly. would help that our draft yeah, situation help, with their yeah. pick. So it's I'm curious if we would end up trading that pick or if. Uh, you know ours which isn't going to be that great either so 
I don't know. We're in on the Jacob Chikrin sweepstakes, apparently, so we'll see how it goes. Um, but other guys, I think, and we've mentioned this before on our block, that I think you know teams would be interested in, again, 100% Max Domi. Mm-hmm. You know, again, a guy who just, we we don't know where streaky, he... Streaky, streaky. Yeah, he's so talented. I like he's him, though. So I'd rather keep him, to be honest. I would, too. We, I mean, but, you know, depends what we get, I guess. I think he turns the puck over too much. He's been doing it again here recently, but he did go through a, a stretch like in the first, like middle of this stretch he's, of games. He's that we've already twenty six, man. Yeah, no, I, I think he's I think he's very talented, and he's he shows some some you know instances of brilliance. I just I don't think he's consistent enough with it, and I think I think you could get more, or his value is high for a team that it would try to make a run at a cup. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a team would be interested in signing a guy like that. It gives them a good chance. Especially, he's the only one on the power play trying to hit some fucking one timers. He's on the right circle. Dude, he is with super that aggressive. I love it. He's I love super, Max yeah, Domi. He's the only one out there shooting the puck. Give me five Max Domi's on the same line. I don't care how, <laughs> how often they turn the puck over. <laughs> just give yeah. give me all of those guys. Just like cool. full head of steam. They all get in a fight right at the same time. Yep. Fuck yeah. it. Like, that is true. I do love Max Nomi. I do, I do love Max Nomi for a number of reasons, that being one of them. He's not afraid to fucking punch you in the goddamn face. No, oh, especially at like 5'8". Yeah, like, he's yeah, just ready to go. Yeah. But, yeah, Spicy. no, I mean, like, and I, I do agree because a lot of people, you know, they, they want a Max Nomi. They want that, you know, they want that guy that's a loose cannon that can, like you said, still has a cannon. Mm-hmm. Shooting those one timers in there. That's very valuable, especially on your second power play with those mm-hmm. guys coming in in the last minute and just pegging it yeah. at the fucking goalie who's just been sitting there getting pegged by the first line. And then they come in and they got fucking Max Domi out there waiting He's to the fight only somebody. He's over there fucking ripping it, dude. Yeah, dude. It, and it's, it, keep, it would be sad if he, it would be sad if he went, but I do understand it. I think there's some other guys, but we're, we're full of young talent. So, like, when we're talking about being sellers, it sucks because we, you know, Liney's still a young talent that yeah. we're we're giving up on. I wouldn't say giving up on. He just, at this point, he's not helping our team get any better. You no. know, we can finish mid. You know, we can finish in the mid part of our conference just the same without him. Yeah, I think so because he's just not really doing anything of particular value. I mean. No. And if we can better our team Neither in other Jack. ways. I think Jack's, Jack's got to go unless he changes his game. Another here, great think. example of a guy on the block. You know, a team may be interested in somebody like that. Hell, fucking, I'm all, I, I've mentioned this a couple of times, but. Gus Nyquist? Is the, uh, I don't know. I Gus, would say no. Gus, I would is say get, no. Gus is 32. Yeah, he's coming off a couple of injuries. He's in the last year of his contract, Pretty I think. Pretty good year this year, though, for us, I think. Um, but another guy who I'm just like, what do you do with this guy? Like, he's had his chance. He's been playing in the league for a while now. He was injured throughout most of the beginning of this season, but it's Emil Bemstrom. This guy from, I think he played in, I forget where he played, but all you heard about with Emil Bemstrom was his shot and how he's got a wicked shot. He's got a wicked one-timer. Where where's it at, man? Where's this kid? Where's his offensive skill? We see f- brief, very very brief flashes of it. Gets a hat trick late in the season last year. 
and we're like, all right, here it comes, and it's just not here. And I'm just like, is the Emil Bemstrom experiment over yet? Like, what are we going to do with this guy? So I, I think it's another piece you could look to move at the deadline. I just don't see his value on this squad anymore. I mean, he's still young. That's a, that's the thing is, but a team who, who, who might be interested in a guy like that may be willing to pay and give add a little bit more value than he's, like, truly worth. But I don't want to like say I'm 100% want to give up on the Bemstrom experiment yet because again he is still so young. And one thing we were talking about earlier, like before the pod, me and Hooch is like sometimes it just takes these guys years, like multiple years. Bemstrom's to get, 22 years old. 22 year old guy. I mean, and he's been but and he's been playing but, in the but like you, but like years. you said, if they overvalue him based on talent, you know sometimes you just gotta sell. Sometimes you know it. it it just doesn't work out for your team, the Anthony Duclair thing. Now, I I just think that that was just, you know, just, some of these things were unfortunate. You know, I've yeah. dealt with it in football my life. You know, I had a, a GM that literally, I think, had Alzheimer's at the same time. And he, like, literally died six years after he retired. But from that. Uh, <laughs> so, chances are he had it while he was a GM. Let, like, these good guys walk without even giving them contracts. And it's just like... What are we fucking doing? Like what? Like we drafted these guys, they did well, and then we don't even give them a contract, and they go sign for pennies on the dollar at a different team that's going to the Super Bowl, you know. And it fucking pisses me off. And it's just like, what are we doing? And then find out, you know. You know. That's, that's why it's frustrating. It's difficult to watch Anthony Duclair play so well for Florida. He even played well in Ottawa. Yeah. He was a fucking all star in Ottawa. It's fast man. It was just a clashing of styles. I just right? never. I always, when we signed Anthony Duclair, he had played for, I think he played for Arizona for a while, couldn't really figure it out. They were difficult, like they were having trouble getting him to play a consistent game. But I remember when you would watch us play the Coyotes, you would be like, who the fuck is that guy? Because he's just got this skill set that is unbeatable, like unmatchable. You know, he's one of those incredibly skilled guys. And I remember we signed him to a one-year deal on the fucking league minimum and i was like that's gonna be a fucking steal and he played he played really well for for john tortorella he just Didn't has those style. inconsistencies yeah. and he got ran out of town and it's just unfortunate to see that happen with a guy like that because now you look at him and you're like jesus christ I mean, he'd be a great fit for our team right now I would, yes exactly he's exactly what we need yep. i feel like we lack right now guys who can just go out there and fucking put the puck in the back of the net. You look, I, I was, I watched this fucking, did you watch the highlight of that Trevor Zegris shot last yep, night? Yep. That little dipsy do around two guys and then the backhand goalie made a nice save. But it's like, God, I just, I wish somebody could fucking do that on our team. <laughs> Nobody can even Lord, I've remotely seen what you've done do for that. others and I want you to do that for me. <laughs> you look at that and then you look at our squad and you're like, there is nobody on this team that could even come close to just doing that one time at all. Yeah. I hear rumors, though, that apparently that's kind of like how Ken Johnson plays, like, and it's kind of exciting. So maybe when he gets – maybe maybe when he gets here, we can add some more excitement to our uh, our offensive repertoire. But One year. One more year. Yeah, we'll see. And maybe he starts in Cleveland. Who knows? We still got a little while on this little bit of a rebuild. It's going to take a long time, but mm-hmm. – so, so strap in, be in it for the long haul, everybody. Uh, don't don't jump ship, even though we talk about jumping ship all the time. <laughs> so, so last lastly, let's talk about the let's talk about the what's coming up. What do, what do we got this week? 
So we got the uh, All Star game actually at the end of the week. I think that's why yeah, the week is a the short All-Star week. Game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I we only have Wawrinski going. So we have it's we have be. Montreal tonight, right? Montreal tonight, Habs tonight, and then the Panthers tomorrow Whew. at home. And then we're done for the week. For the week, yeah. So Carey uh, Price has a press should... conference tonight. Maybe he's announcing his retirement. Who knows, man? Or maybe he's coming back for maybe this game. <laughs> I would Just love yeah. I would love to face a goalie that hasn't played in six months, please. God. Yeah. Well, the, th- the thing is, is right, this is a winnable game. Let's yeah. see which team Columbus decides to bring tonight. You know? Columbus allows a lot of shots. Montreal does not it, they're allergic to taking shots on goal. So let's see how this clashes tonight because it, it, we'll see what happens. I always love I'm curious to see the to watch the game tonight because I love watching the Jackets play at Montreal. There's just something magical about that History arena there, and that man, place, yeah. dude. It's like there's been so many Stanley Cups there. The place is called the Bell Center, which I always think is cool because we live in Bell Center and we're currently recording in. The D-Gen Den is located in Belson. I just think that that's cool. And, we're, and we were the, here the before crowd, then, so they actually named it after, after this. After us. Yeah. After us, yeah, yes. You're welcome. There we you're go. welcome. But I'm like, there's, even when they're sh- a shitty-ass team, that place is going to be packed tonight. And they're, they're, you can hear the crowd. Every single, like, tiny little chance that may happen, you hear the, ooh, you know, coming from the crowd. I just Always, I always, always think, a good 50-50 raffle there. Yeah, it's yeah, a good point. Uh, and then we got the Panthers tomorrow. Pray to God that we don't uh, show up like we did the last time that we played the Panthers. I Man, got that's nothing all. else, boys. You guys got anything else? Let's go Bengals. No, let's go Bengals, who day? Yeah. Oh, Joe All right, Ga- game day. It's game day. Joe Cool. Joe right. Shiesty. <laughs> let's see Ohio in the Super Bowl. That'd be cool. He all right. Cool. He has yet to lose a must-win game. Very, 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 very small sample size for that. He's eight zero in winner go home games. You mean very, like from like LSU too, like into the from high school? He's like middle school. Right now, from Pop Warner to here, eight games. All right. Good to good to be back, everybody. Let's uh, go get a win for the Bengals. Let's get the Jackets CBJ, to beat the Habs tonight. Yep. Signing off. Signing off, everybody. See you later. Later. Later.